A few years ago, shortly before the pandemic began, I had the privilege of spending three days on a contemplative retreat held at Holy Cross Monastery in West Park, New York. Holy Cross is an Anglican Episcopal monastery on the Hudson River, north of New York City. Founded in the late 19th century, Holy Cross is a Benedictine monastery, so the brothers there follow the monastic rule of St. Benedict of Nursia, who established what came to be known as the Benedictine Order at Monte Cassino in Italy in the early years of the 6th century. The three days I spent at Holy Cross provided sustenance for the soul, days of stillness, of silence, days steeped in worship and prayer, days spent preparing myself for the start of Advent and the coming of the Lord at Christmas. Just inside the entrance to the monastery's main building is a beautiful work of calligraphy with a quote from the rule of the Order of the Holy Cross. It states, Love must act as light must shine and fire must burn. I pondered these words as I read the lectionary readings appointed for this Sunday, the second Sunday of Advent, and they really resonated with me. Love must act as light must shine and fire must burn. First, love must act. As people of faith, we believe in God and that God is love. And as Christians, as followers of God's Son, Jesus Christ, we strive to be Christ's hands and feet and heart in the world. In short, we strive to be the church and to share God's love with others. We must act on our beliefs, not just pay lip service to them. Love must act. Secondly, as light must shine. Last Sunday, the first Sunday of Advent, the Collect emphasized the coming, the Advent, as it were, of God incarnate, of love incarnate. For those who didn't hear it last week, the prayer began as follows. Almighty God, Give us grace to cast away the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. That's quite a paradoxical image, isn't it? Light, something so intangible, so ephemeral, serving as solid, protective armor against the powers of darkness around us as light must shine. 
finally, as fire must burn. In today's gospel passage from Matthew, John the Baptist is quite literally crying out in the wilderness. He's the physical embodiment of the prophet Isaiah's words, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. And John the Baptist's message is unsettling. He doesn't mince words. He's direct, he's to the point, he's prophetic. He tells the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the privileged elites of their day, not to be hypocritical. When they ask John to be baptized, he cautions them that if they don't approach baptism with the right spirit, if they don't truly repent, if they don't bear fruit worthy of repentance, then they, just like trees that don't produce good fruit, will be cut down and thrown into the fire. And for good measure, John the Baptist adds that when the one who is more powerful comes, Jesus, he too will gather, gather his wheat into the granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire, as fire must burn. But for all the ferocious strength of John's prophetic message, which we should all take seriously to heart, what action does John the Baptist take? From what act does he take his name? baptizing. Even as he pours down the fire of his words, he also pours out the gentle stream of water on the heads of the inquirers and seekers at the River Jordan, blessing them with the cleansing stream that foretells the living water, the Christ. John the Baptist waters the potential of the believers, so that a new shoot of life might have the chance to blossom and grow. So too is the season of Advent our own opportunity to test the edge of the waters of Jordan, gathering our courage to let the Holy Spirit of baptism, with the fierce fire that burns away the brambles of sin, and the gentle water that nurtures the fragile growth of new life. Yes, to let the Holy Spirit of baptism once again cleanse our souls as we prepare for the advent of the Christ child, love incarnate. The chill of early December is upon us. And it reminds us that as Advent unfolds, Christmas is before us. It is a very important time in the life of the church and of our own journeys of faith. 
For at the heart of this brief Christian season of Advent is the search for God in daily life. How many times have we proclaimed in community, in this sanctuary, and in so many other houses of worship, that ancient cry of hope and faith, Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Christ's return was his promise to his earliest followers and to us now, 20 centuries later. This truth is our ultimate hope. It is that one day all the pain and strife, injustice, and oppression, heartbreak, and suffering of any kind in this world will be vanquished. Then Christ will hand all things to God the Father, and in the words of the Apostle Paul, God will be all in all. This is where all of human history, every hope, striving, and human endeavor is going to God. Life was called forth by God, and it is all going to God, flowing to God. This is our Christian hope. In the meantime, Christ desires to be born again and again in the human heart, even as he was physically born into this world two millennia ago, as love incarnate. It is this truth that we and all Christians around the world celebrate with great joy at Christmas. So as we move further through this holy season of Advent, towards the manger in Bethlehem, towards the divine mystery of God made flesh, Emmanuel, God with us, Towards Christmas, we would do well to consider the awesome and almost unfathomable gift given to us in God's incarnation in the birth of Jesus Christ. Jesus was born in the humility of a stable so that we might be born from above. His birth was the beginning of our new life. By his death, God has delivered us from the dominion of darkness, filled our lives with hope and light, and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son. What greater gift could there ever be? At the monastery of the Holy Cross, all of the guest rooms are named after saints. One of these simple, comfortable rooms at Holy Cross is named in honor of St. Bede. St. Bede, known also as the Venerable Bede, was an English monk 
who lived in the late 7th and early 8th centuries in what was then known as the Kingdom of Northumbria of the Angles, what we today call Great Britain. He is well known as an author and scholar, and his most famous work, Ecclesiastical History of the English People, gained him the title the Father of English History. On the wall in that room named after St. Bede hangs another work of beautiful calligraphy. It is a quote from St. Bede, and it reads as follows. Christ is the morning star who, when the might of this world is past, brings to his saints the promise of the light of life and opens everlasting day. In this season of Advent, this time of expectation and anticipation and possibility, the spirit of the coming Christ is shining light in the darkness and showing us the way. As we continue to move through Advent and towards Christmas, we can all seek out those faint glimmers of light, growing stronger and brighter as we approach them, until finally we will bask in the brilliance of Christ's presence, filled with God's light and love. Amen.